Hello and welcome to Socialism, the weekly Marxist analysis podcast from the Socialist Party. The election of the far-right reactionary president Bolsonaro in Brazil was greeted with horror by workers and young people across Latin America and internationally, particularly following on from the election of Trump in the US. Today we're discussing what this indicates about politics in the region and globally, how it came about and what type of movement can defeat the right. Before we start, just a note to say that you may have seen last week we released a bonus episode to go along with episode 7, which we'll be doing with a few of the audios from introductions at the recent Socialism 2018 event. So later this week you can catch Tony's full speech on today's topic to add to the interview you're about to hear. Over to our host for this episode, Claire Laker-Mansfield, editor of the Socialist newspaper. Okay, I'm here with Tony Samwa, who is the Secretary of the Committee for a Workers International, which is the international organisation which the Socialist Party is affiliated to. I'm here with Tony to have a chat about Brazil. And I'm going to start off with the kind of question we always kick off with, which is, why do you think it's important for socialists internationally to understand what's happening in Brazil right now? Well, I think it's uh, really for two reasons. One is because the coming to power of the new government, which will be sworn in in January, led by Bolsonaro, is the victory of an extreme right-wing, very repressive uh, government, um, which will represent an important step back for the working people of Brazil and indeed the whole of Latin America. And I think it's also very important that we see he's come to power against the background of a failure by the preceding governments that were led by the Workers' Party, the PT, um, to carry out a fundamental transformation of society. And I think the coming to power of this government will represent a massive threat to working people. And it's particularly important that we here in Europe learn the lessons as to why he's come Mm. to power. Thanks very much. And you've kind of outlined, I suppose, all of the important issues that we're going to try and drill down into in this discussion. So perhaps just to start off with, could you give us a bit of explanation for those who aren't aware, you know, who Bolsonaro is, where he's come from, how we'd characterise his politics? Well, he's a former military captain. Uh, who's been in the Congress, the Brazilian Congress, for a period of years, but he's an extreme right-winger. He's defended the torture that went on under the previous military dictatorship in Brazil. He's come out with, during the course of this election campaign, a whole series of attacks on working people, on women, on LGBT people, on the black population in Brazil, Mm. which is a very large component of uh, Brazilian society and fundamentally he's come out with a policy of extreme defense of repression and extreme uh, uh, implementation and defended extreme implementation of a vicious neoliberal policy which is a continuation of the preceding government's uh, policies Um, but he's been thrust into power uh, coming from nowhere Uh, only a few years ago he had very little support now he's emerged as the leading contender in the elections and then of course won the elections which took place a couple of weeks ago. And would we perhaps draw a comparison with a figure like Trump in that sense that he's you know an extreme right winger who's 
been able to win support from um, you know, a large portion of the population. You could draw a certain comparison with uh, Trump, but in a certain sense, he's worse than Trump. Mm. Uh, you could say maybe that Bolsonaro is what Trump would like to be, <laughs> but can't quite get away with it in the context of US society. Mm. Uh, but in the context of Latin America and Brazil, Bolsonaro has put forward this uh, position uh, of an extreme right populist uh, program and also has come out very clearly uh, warning that he will introduce very repressive measures against uh, working people, young people, uh, LGBT people in particular. And uh, he's gone further in that sense than mm. Trump. Right, OK. Um, and so I guess a lot of people will be asking, how on earth has it come to this? You know, it's a very shocking development. Well, I think that's the key question, really, for us here in Europe and the lessons that we draw from this setback and defeat for the Brazilian working people, because it's come to this really because of what took place in Brazil over the course of the past decade or so. Uh, you had the coming to power of the Workers' Party, uh, the PT, which is a rough equivalent of the Labour Party here in Britain, mm -hmm. as it was. Uh, it was led by Lula initially, who won two terms in the presidential elections, and then he had to step down uh, and gave way to the PT president, uh, uh, Dilma. And that government was swept to power initially against the background of a massive economic boom which was taking place in Brazilian society. It was a reflection of a dramatic rise in the price of commodities that took place globally at that time. And in the initial period of that uh, government, it allowed Lula to carry through quite substantial reforms. Millions were taken from the favelas and put into universities for the first time. There was quite an increase in the um, the amount of uh, general purchasing power for the majority or big sections of the population. Living standards for big sections of the population initially rose. Mm. But at the same time as doing that, Lula also implemented some attacks on working people. There was a pension reform which provoked a massive uh, debate within the Workers' Party, resulting in a split from the Workers' Party and the formation of a new left party to the left of the PT, Basol. The Lula in that period, particularly him coming from an extremely poor and deprived mm. uh, background, enjoyed massive support. But then at the same time, because they failed to break with capitalism, the PT and Lula became increasingly involved in the corruption scandals that took place. And that is rife throughout the whole of the Brazilian political elite. But there was a dramatic change in the situation when the commodity prices fell and the country has been plunged into an, uh, its worst economic recession for 100 mm -hmm. years. Unemployment's rocketed. The hopes of people where they were told that they were on the brink of joining the first mm -hmm. world have been utterly shattered. Um, and you've seen really Brazil plunged into a position almost of social chaos and, co and collapse. Mm. And because of the failure of the PT, the disillusionment in the PT, Bolsonaro has been able to step in to this uh, scenario uh, for want of a, a mass alternative. The degree of the social collapse has provoked a horrific situation. Uh, twelve months In the last 12 months in Brazil, 70,000 people have been killed as a consequence of social and urban violence. That's more people killed in Brazil than was lost in the equivalent period during the war in uh, uh, Syria. 
and it's an illustration of the social disaster which is rocking Brazilian society. You know, Bolsonaro has stepped into that, mm. utilised uh, the fears of people, middle-class people and working-class people, of that, and that enables him to get away with a lot of his rhetoric, and he promised to restore order, uh, contain the social violence, uh, save the country from the threats of socialism and communism, and because there was no mass left alternative, because there was such a discrediting of the PT uh, for what it had done, how it had become in, involved in the corruption, uh, into that vacuum, Bolsonaro stepped in and uh, was able to win the election. Mm. And how would you, I suppose, summarise the PT's time in government and what that has meant? How's that set the scene, I suppose? Well, uh, it, 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 it was twofold. On the one side, there was great expectations mm. and hopes, but then they became people became increasingly disillusioned mm. uh, with that. So it was very contradictory um, in terms of what uh, took place, and it resulted in a lot of disillusionment. And that was even reflected in the election. As the election campaign went on, there was increasing opposition developed towards Bolsonaro because people increasingly saw what he was like. But at the same time, it would be wrong. It's a little bit like Trump from that point of view. If you look at the election results, a substantial layer rallied to um, Bolsonaro, desperately looking for an alternative. But it was far from the majority. If you take the election results in the second round, Bolsonaro won the election, but only with the backing of 39% of the electorate. That's about 57 million people. Now, if you take the combined vote of Haddad, who was the candidate for the Workers' Party in the second round, with all the the abstentions and blank votes, that totaled uh, uh, 60.8... Sorry, that uh, totaled nearly 61% of the total vote, 89 million people. And that was the same position that Trump found himself in because of the election, mm-hmm. electoral system. Uh, Trump won the election, despite the fact that Clinton, who was a pro-capitalist, corrupt politician, but she actually had three million more votes than Trump did, even in the presidential elections. Mm-hmm. But Bolsonaro has been able to step into this vacuum because of the uh, disaster and the disappointment that arose from the PT government mm-hmm. when it was in power. So, obviously... We take quite a critical approach to the role that the PT has played. Nonetheless, we would oppose the kind of actions that have been taken, the undemocratic actions, targeting some of the leaders, including Dilma and Lula. Is that right? That's right, because what you had, you had uh, Lula had, was compelled to step down at the end of his second term. Dilma, who was also from the PT, was in the presidency. But Despite the fact they weren't breaking with capitalism and they were introducing some anti-working class policies by that stage, uh, nevertheless, what you saw was sections of the ruling class and eventually the majority of the ruling class, they wanted Dilma out because they wanted a much more hardline right-wing government. So they organised a parliamentary coup to remove Dilma from power. Uh, which we opposed and socialists in Brazil opposed. We had a strong criticism of the PT government, Mm. but this was a parliamentary coup organised by the military, organised by the extreme right, uh, organised by representatives of the ruling class, which in no way would have been to the advantage of working class people. And they succeeded in the parliamentary coup of getting rid of Dilma, 
brought in uh, Michel Temer, who immediately embarked upon a massive uh, attack against the working class uh, of Brazil and introduced a vicious pension reform. Uh, and that pension reform provoked a mass reaction against mm. it. There was a massive general strike only last year, mm. one of the largest in Brazilian history, and it uh, compelled the government to step back and had to withdraw its pension uh, reform. Um, but uh, in this particular election, we were left with the option of PT versus Bolsonaro. Mm. And despite the criticisms we had of Haddad um, and the PT, uh, it was correct for socialists, as the Committee for Workers International Supporters in Brazil did, to give a critical vote for the PT in order mm. to defeat the far right. Um, uh, but not, of course, just leaving it at that. We would raise the warnings and criticisms of what the PT did in government and of the crucial necessity of building a new radical socialist alternative to the left of the PT. Mm. OK. Um, so that kind of hints at what we're going to discuss in a minute, which is the resistance that there's the potential to build in Brazil. But just before that, can you perhaps give an idea of what you think Brazil is going to be like under Bolsonaro? What sort of attacks is he planning and how will they affect people? I think the first thing we're going to see is the introduction of uh, more neoliberal policies. He has a very uh, determined policy, uh, for example, their economic policy. Uh, their economics minister, or who will nominate as the economics minister, as a policy they want to privatise mm. literally everything that's currently owned by the state. Uh, they want to uh, incorporate into law the freezing of public expenditure for the next 20 years. Their proposals immediately to reintroduce the pension reform, which was defeated. And the pension proposals for Brazil are the introduction in Brazil of a vicious privatised pension system, which has provoked the mobilisation of millions in Chile, because that was the model for this pre uh, privatised pension uh, reform. Uh, and that's what they're going to do on the economic uh, policy. On the social policy, it was uh, uh, quite chilling to see after the uh, election result was announced in Rio de Janeiro how the military came onto the streets in tanks and uh, armoured cars parading through the centre of Rio, uh, welcoming the victory of Bolsonaro. And you will see a militarisation really, of uh, sections of uh, Brazilian society with much greater repression. The new governor of the state of Rio de Janeiro has already announced that they're bringing in mm. laws which will make it virtually impossible to prosecute a police officer which opened fire on a civilian. Uh, by mistake, as has happened on many occasions, they've seen young black youth from the favelas walking around with uh, cell phones which they claim they mistook as guns and have therefore opened mm. fire on these uh, youth killing them All, uh, and at the moment they are open to prosecution for that but the new laws they're bringing in will make that much more complicated so there's going to be a much more repressive uh, regime you've also seen not just the change in what the government policy will officially mean but the hard-right paramilitary fascistic groups which exist throughout Brazil will be let off the leash, are being let off the leash, and you've already seen a whole series of attacks, particularly against the LGBT community, by far-right paramilitary-type uh, uh, mm. uh, grouping. So that is definitely going to be posed as a big threat against the left and against uh, 
uh, activists from the workers' movement in Brazil in the mm. short term. Okay, so very serious attacks already beginning um, in Brazil. And I guess the crucial question for us is what can the left do and what can working class people do to resist? Um, and yeah, what are we doing to try and build that? Well, I think there's two aspects of it. What, one is, firstly, what to understand what the election represents, because mm. it's almost an election of desperation, mm. of people in such a desperate position voting for Bolsonaro uh, on the basis of his promise to restore order. Despite their introduction of anti-working class policies, what is interesting is the attitude of the Brazilian population. Not only did Bolsonaro come to power on the basis of a minority vote, in the recent opinion polls that have taken place since the election, you can see that it is false to argue from this election there's been a generalised swing to the right in terms of attitudes. Uh, in one poll, 68% say they were opposed to further privatisation. 71% said they were opposed to the pension reform that the government is going to bring in. And a staggering 85% said they were opposed to the labour reform, which they want to bring in, which will restrict the rights of trade unions and make it easier for employers to sack people. Mm. So it's not like there's a generalised swing to the right taking mm. place in attitudes of people. Now, that is very important because it does uh, indicate that once these measures are introduced, the prospects for building uh, opposition uh, of, a, of a more mass character by the social and left movements is uh, is definitely possible. Now, what we are advocating for uh, and fighting for in PASOL, um, uh, the new left party that uh, the CWI supporters, the LSR, are participating in in Brazil at this time, is the need for the People's Front, the, uh, the, the People's Front uh, Without Fear, as it's, uh, as it's called, which includes PASOL, it includes the urban homeless movement. It includes the CUT, trade union confederations. That that now has to step up its uh, campaign, convening rallies and protests against uh, the policies of the government, and most importantly, in the short term, building sufficient roots in the local communities to establish uh, committees of self-defence mm -hmm. against the right-wing paramilitaries. So it's a question of building opposition to the policies that are going to be uh, uh, brought in uh, by the new uh, government and from that uh, strengthen uh, the socialist left. Mm. Um, it will be necessary in the struggles there. I mean, despite the criticisms of the PT for this new socialist left, the round per soul, to also support a policy of struggling jointly with the local branches of the PT, with the PT uh, electors and supporters, which exists, and even with the PT itself, against these attacks mm. of uh, Bolsonaro, but at the same time fighting for an independent uh, socialist policy uh, as distinct from the programme which is defended by the leadership of the PT. Okay, great. Um, so I guess there'll be people who, looking at what's happened in Brazil with Bolsonaro, but also taking into account Trump and figures like that, they might draw quite pessimistic conclusions from this and think, well, actually, this shows the right is on the rise on an international scale, especially perhaps within Latin America. And we should, you know, draw the conclusion from this that we're, uh, you know, heading for very dangerous times, which, of course, we are, but would take quite a pessimistic or 
wouldn't see the possibility of, of change. How would you respond to that sort of view? Well, if you look at Latin America, and this is where there's important lessons, the, the government in Brazil has come to power fundamentally because of, because of a failure mm. of the previous left governments at the, at the PT. And that has been a process repeated elsewhere in Latin America as well. In uh, Venezuela, we see a social catastrophe because of the failure of the Chavista government to break with capitalism. We saw a similar uh, development in relation to Argentina with the coming to power of the Macri uh, uh, government. And that is a big warning mm. for Europe. You know, If Corbyn comes to power, which we hope he does in Britain, if Podemos came to power and he, led by uh, Iglesias in uh, Spain, which again we hope they, they, they do, with all their, their reforms, which is, we support, unless they're prepared to break with capitalism, they are going to face the same dilemma as the old left governments faced in uh, Latin America. And uh, if they do that, then they're going to be faced with a choice. Either they go down the road of capitulation to what mm. the capitalists want, which is then paved the way for these far-right governments to come to power, or they're going to break with capitalism. Now, the... Coming to power of these parties, uh, the, the, the right, uh, obviously does represent a setback and represents a threat, and we must in no way underestimate that is a major change to coming to power of the Bolsonaro government in Brazil. Mm. But in Argentina, it is very interesting and important to see what's happened, because the Macri government, which was also a far-right government, which came to power just over a year ago, also embarked upon a position of introducing more neoliberal policies and yet that has provoked a massive uh, social backlash since the Macri government came to power there has now been three general strikes in uh, Argentina against this economic mm. uh, policy and I think the same process can develop, it may take a little bit longer uh, in Brazil but it, the same thing will take place in Brazil so the coming to power in these, of these right wing governments represents an important setback mm. But it's not the end of the uh, uh, struggle. And from this, a new layer of more committed socialists and revolutionaries can uh, develop who will draw the lessons about what is needed in order to defeat not only these right-wing governments, but to defeat the system which has allowed them to uh, come to power. So it's only one side of the coin for us, the, the rise of the right. That's right. I mean, it's, you know, it's not to be underestimated what it mm. uh, re represents. And the working class is going to pay a price for this in mm. Brazil, as it has done in Argentina. Mm. Uh, but it's not the end of the story. It's, uh, it's one battle in a war which mm. is being fought. OK, well, I think that was really helpful. Thank you very much for that, Tony. And hopefully our listeners will tune in next week. As always, head over to the episode notes at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash podcast for suggestions of further reading around this topic. Email socialismpodcast at socialistparty.org.uk with any questions for Tony or suggestions for future topics. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and click subscribe in your podcast app.